Welcome to Happiness Abound, a podcast dedicated and designed to help those seeking happiness in their lives. Here we'll talk about happiness as gained through habit formation, being inspired by the stories of others, and looking for opportunities of growth and learning. I'm Taylor Proctor. Thanks for tuning in. So first and foremost, even though it's not a regular podcast day, I have been getting a few questions asked of me and I thought I would take a weekend, do a live video on Instagram as well as on Facebook and read these questions I'm getting and offer some of my insights. So the first one is from Laura and I apologize I'm going to be reading it because I don't have it memorized but... Uh, She says, I have a question I've been tossing around in my head for a while about decision-making. I've noticed lately that while trying to make a decision about some sort of large things, I come up with a ton of reasons for both sides of the argument. And what's annoying is that both of them feel completely true and valid. It makes me feel like I'm totally stuck. Then she offers an example. It's been, I've been in a long distance relationship since October. I really respect him, feel comfortable in his presence and care about him so much. But as the relationship has been long distance, nearly the whole time we've been dating, I feel unsatisfied and worry it might not be working as well as I thought. He's incredibly busy and it's hard not to let the texting and calling silence because he is so busy uh, get to her. She says, the issue here is I see both sides of the argument and I feel completely swayed by both at different times. I've always loved and wanted to live in his country anyway, so I thought moving there in order to no longer be long distance would help. But then I go back and forth wondering if he's truly right for me, if moving could be a hasty choice. But I don't know if he's truly right for me without giving it a shot. But is it worth enduring a few months of feeling this way? Should I appreciate his love and be grateful for him or should I let him go in search of something that will fulfill me more? Suppose it's a question of balancing and following your gut, but sometimes the arguments in my head are so loud that I can't quite hear what my gut is saying. Do I? Do you have any advice? I'd love to hear what you think. And this is from, like I had mentioned, a listener named Laura. So uh, I have a couple of things that I think may be able to help with this, Laura. And the first one is to write it out. And that means if you are feeling nervous or you are feeling let down or lonely, putting it on paper and doing it to get it up, these emotions that are kind of residing in you, getting them up, out, and away. So I've talked about this on the podcast before, but essentially it's writing at the top of a piece of paper or typing in top of a document, I feel lonely because, and then share a couple of those stories that are inside you of why you feel lonely. One part of this is that it kind of gets it out of your head and your body and out on paper. And once it's out on paper, we can feel more organized and it takes a little bit of that chaos and that extra pressure off of us. Then what I recommend doing is ripping that up and throwing it away. Don't let anybody read it. Don't share with anyone what you have, what you wrote. But by getting that those emotions up, out, and away from you, it'll clear things up so that you can feel, like you had mentioned in here, you said... I guess it's a question of balancing and following your gut, but sometimes the arguments in my head are so loud I can't quite hear what my gut is saying. So by writing it out on paper and getting it organized and getting it up, out, and away from you, then you can have that space and that availability to feel it in your gut. 
So that's my first piece of advice. My second piece would be to let go of the shoulds and ask what's possible. I attended a conference this weekend and one of the speakers said that should leads to shame, but if we can change from should to could, it opens up a lot of possibilities and then we can ask ourselves what's possible. So in this case, I think you have a lot of options and I think a lot of what, and this is me inferring, but a lot of this may come from this feeling of to be a good girlfriend, you should go over there, but to be a good family member, you should stay here. To be a good career woman, you should stay in your job. To be the kind of person who follows your dreams and travels, you should go over there, right? So there's a lot of opposing shoulds, but I want you to turn those to coulds and really ask yourself what's possible. Because right now it feels like there's only two options and there may be a third, right? There may be a fourth. And by identifying what's possible and what you could do, that's when you can move into that more relaxed space and better make your decisions. So my third tip and my final tip for you, Laura, is to ask yourself who you want to be. Now, I know you're a listener of the podcast, so you've probably heard me talk about this before, but identifying who we want to be is crucial because there are so many options that we need to define who it is we want to be in our lives. And one of the things that's a key thing for me here is that you said, I've always loved and wanted to live in his country anyways. So I thought thought moving there in order to no longer be long distance would help. Then I go back and forth wondering if he's truly right for me and if moving would be a hasty choice. I would say move because it's who you want to be and it's where you want to be versus Maybe don't move if that's who you want to be and where you want to be. I would almost take the relationship aspect out of it for right now and just identify who you want to be. And do you want to be the kind of person who goes and lives in the country you've always wanted to live in? Do you want to be the person who stays behind here and whatever reasons may be encouraging you for that? Because relationships, if you go and it works out, fantastic. If you go and it doesn't work out, you're still the kind of person who went and followed your dreams and is now living in a country or have lived in a country that you've always wanted to live in. So that may seem a little biased on my side, but regardless of the direction that I think you should go, I think that the tips here can help you determine what's going to be the best thing for you. And the best thing for you is determining who you want to be. Outlining what's possible and getting those emotions up and out of you and away from you so that you can really focus on it in on the decisions you want to make and again who it is that you want to be in this situation and who it is that you want to be moving forward and that may be brave that may be secure understanding comfortable whatever it is that you want to be identifying that and then making your choices based on that direction can make all the difference. It can really clear things up for you. So I hope that that helps. And one thing I'd love to note is that if you are able to watch this and you are listening, I would be happy to work with you and help you define who you want to be and 
Of course, I have a training class all about that. I have declarations for happiness coming up on June 1st. And I would love to offer you, Laura, a discount at that price so that you can attend the class, whether it's online or in person, you can attend the class and it can help you determine who it is that you want to be and hopefully help you with this this decision. So go ahead and reach back out to me. I will respond to your email as well and let you know that I've recorded this video. But thank you so much for writing in and thank you so much for trusting me to answer your question. And I hope that this helps. So the second question that I have gotten in the past week is from a listener named Carl. And he says, I've really struggled with not allowing myself to be a beginner. I think I made the mistake of learning and networking too much and not actually putting the work in, in, in over the time because I was so afraid of starting. Really looking forward to the rest of the stuff you put out, though. Can you talk a bit about getting over imposter syndrome as well? So if you listen to this episodes this week, the theme week is all about intellectual self-care. And I briefly touched on how to overcome imposter syndrome, but I would love to dive into it a little bit further to answer Carl's question. So the first thing is that it sounds like you have a little bit of analysis paralysis going on. There is a lot of information happening, a lot going on. You've done the networking, you've done the research, and you feel like you might need more so you don't feel like such an imposter. And that's my guess, but I'm thinking that's what's happening here. And one of the best ways to get over analysis paralysis is to kind of shut things down on the bringing in information, on the consuming information, and start producing information. So to do that, from to move from consumer to producer, we need to start small and start every day. So you may be aware of this, you may know this, but it really comes in handy and sometimes we need to hear it as it correlates to our specific situation for us to actually act on it. But truth be told, whatever it is that you're feeling a sense of imposter syndrome around, if you can show up, even if it's just for five minutes every day and produce something that provides value, it will help you overcome imposter syndrome. Now, you didn't give me a specific example, but I am happy to use one of my own, which is I sometimes feel like an imposter and get imposter syndrome at work. As many of you may know, I'm a marketing director and I lead, now I lead three teams, one of nine, one of three, and one of two. And I don't know everything. And sometimes I feel like I'm just really lucky I got put in the role and that I'm an imposter. And eventually the people that I report to and the people that are on my teams are going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm an imposter. And when that happens, I have to really step back and hone in on the fact that nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody really has any clue what they're doing. It's funny, if you talk to any parent, they will say that they're doing the best they can and this other person looks like they have it together. And you can talk to that other person, they'll be like, I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm just going by the seat of my pants, right? So everybody is dealing with not knowing how to really approach something. Everybody can feel like an imposter at certain times. And if you do feel like an imposter, it goes back to just taking that step back, realizing nobody knows what they're doing, but then also seeing what small, minor, little act you can do that can provide value, moving from that consumer to that producer. That will help stop the analysis paralysis, but that'll also, as you're providing value in small chunks, 
that'll also help you gain that confidence, right? And when we can feel confidence and we can showcase that we're capable, then everything starts to fall into place. And eventually you don't feel like an imposter until the next thing comes along, the next problem, and you go, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not equipped for this. And then you do the same thing. You pull back and you do what you can and you do it in small chunks, but you focus on it every single day. So going back to my example, when I feel like I'm an imposter and I'm going to be found out that I don't know what I'm doing, I just try to take that step back. I take five minutes and I do something that pushes me, but helps me know that I'm capable of this. And that really helps me accelerate that timeline of feeling like an imposter and moving very quickly into, I can do this. So that's my first tip for you. My second tip for you, and I have them written down, which is why I'm looking down, but my second tip for you is to maintain and have a success book. I love success books. When I get thank you cards from people and they usually say something positive about me, it goes in the success book. When I accomplish a goal or something comes off of my vision board, it goes in the success book. And then when I have these days where I feel like I can't accomplish anything and I'm such an imposter and I'm going to be found out and I'm just lucky to be here, I go to my success book and I can flip through that and go, actually, you know, I've done some pretty cool stuff and actually a lot of hard work happened to get this and this is the thing I feel like I'm an imposter on actually is just the next level of that. So I can do it and I've done the work and having that essentially historical record can be so helpful and beneficial on those days when you feel like an imposter. So that's the second tip I have for you. And then the third thing I have for you correlates very closely to Laura's. And that is, think of who you want to be. In those moments when I am at work and I feel like an imposter, I say to myself, my declaration. And when I can say that, then I am reminded and realigned with who I want to be. And in that, I get the confidence to move in that direction. Instead of focusing on where I've been or even where I'm at now and feeling like an imposter, if I can shift my focus to where I want to be and who I want to be, all of my decisions can slowly pivot me down that path. And by doing that, suddenly I'm not focused on being an imposter because it's like, if this is who I want to be, Obviously, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to work towards getting there. And it transitions you from that thought of not being good enough to that thought of this is who I want to be. I am good enough and I'm making the choices to get me there. And just like that, and just like Laura's, with declarations to help you remember who you want to be and help you get that alignment in that instant moment where you feel like an imposter, I highly recommend taking my declaration success class. And just like Laura, I would love to offer you a discount on the class so that you can attend whether in person or online and really reap the benefits of declarations and knowing who you want to be to help you overcome imposter syndrome. So that said, I hope that this very quick Q&A, the first episode of Q&A. I hope that it has resonated with you and answered your questions, Laura and Carl. And I hope that those of you who are watching are able to glean some amazing insights from this as well. And hopefully it's applicable to your situations. If you would like additional answers to your questions regarding happiness and specific situations, I would be more than delighted to help. You can send me a message on Facebook at Happiness Abound blog, a message on Instagram at happiness underscore bound. You can contact me via my site at happinessabound.com on the contact form, 
Or really cool thing, you can also go to anchor.fm and leave a voice message that then I can download in the audio and you can have yourself asking your question and I can answer it. So several options and ways to reach out if you have a question about how I may be able to help you, uh, how a couple of tips and insights to maybe move exercises to use to help you in your situation. If you have something like that, like I said, happy to help and would be delighted to. But for Laura and Carl, like I said, reach out to me. I'd love to offer you that discount on the declarations class. For everyone else watching and listening, be sure to check out happinessabound.com. Go to courses and click on declarations. I would love to be able to share with you the three different types of declarations to change from that negative self-talk to positive, to help you achieve your goals, to remove those limiting mindsets, to regain your confidence, and so much more. So that said, have a wonderful Sunday. And remember... You are capable of happiness abound.